Welcome back to the Always Aggressive Podcast. Corey Palmer alongside Tanner Lipset, Coach Tony Ursland, and Christian Bruner joining us uh, this week. Christian, great to see you. Uh, here to talk a, a little bit about what was a fantastic career. So so uh, uh, thanks for joining us. We'll just jump right in. What uh, it's been a few weeks since your last match. How you how you feeling? How's your uh, mental state? Um, it's just weird not uh, having to wake up at 6 a.m. to go to workouts and stuff. Um, but I mean, this whole situation is kind of crazy. So um, it though everything's just been weird around. I mean, we're not able to get out and do as much, and so I think that's kind of. This it, it almost just doesn't feel real right now. And I feel like everyone kind of feels that way about being locked up in the houses and now like no sports, no wrestling, no practice. So it's been um, an interesting way to end a career. I can't even imagine. Um, and, and especially when you think about the fact that you did not have a, <clears throat> a traditional senior year. The idea of of starting out in redshirt, you know, what was the what was the whole process like for you? So I think originally when I when a high school athlete comes to college, especially in wrestling, you almost expect to take a redshirt year at some point. Typically, it's going to be your freshman year, so you have time to grow and develop as a wrestler because you're not wrestling an 18 year old. You're wrestling, you know, sometimes a 25 year old. So I mean, you you're wrestling a full grown man. And by the time you first come to college, I mean, you're still a teenager. So um, I, it's kind of like a philosophy of like, I need to take a redshirt to be good. And that it, you, wrestling, I think we're going away from that more and more. As you see more and more true freshmen, you know, all American winning national title. So I was always playing the red shirt, and then when I finally took the chance to red shirt, um, you know, at Michigan State, it wasn't too bad because I was still around the team, but it really hit me when um, everyone traveled to North Dakota State, and I was at home on my couch watching the door, and that's just um, not something I was used to, and I really did not like that feeling of not being able to do anything for the team by sitting on my couch and just watching. It just, it didn't feel right to me. Yeah, I, uh, I, I would want to jump in there too, because I, I really think that's strong. I mean, we've talked a lot and you guys have heard Lighty talk and other guys, but um, I found that to be great. It wasn't that he, you know, was coming back for himself. And, and certainly his goals were a huge priority. There's 100% no doubt that Christian, you know, uh, was gonna, you know, uh, in his mind, compete for a national title this year. but. You know, he, when he asked to come back out and we were talking about how he was feeling, it was all about, yeah, I miss my team. <laughs> you know, I want to be around my team, I want to be around these guys that have been around the last, you know, several years. So I, I really thought that was tremendous and added a lot to this team. You know, when you look at what we did as a team, clearly I think, you know, uh, the, the attitude of Christian and, and Dylan, you know, as seniors and, and having the team kind of in that mindset as well was, was really big. And I, I appreciated that. Christian, you know, and, and the decision to come out was uh, incredible. And the things that you did coming out of, uh, out of your, you know, when, when you decided to join the varsity lineup, um, you know, Vegas, Midlands, um, 
you did some incredible things. So, um, you know, we'll start at Vegas. You know, you went out there, you made the finals, you were the runner up, uh, had some huge wins on the way. Um, you know, what was, what was Vegas like for you? Uh, it was just, you know, like any other tournament. I, I went in there expecting <clears throat> to win the tournament and uh, just took it match by match and um, got squeaked out a few close matches and um, obviously didn't want – I mean, when we got back, we, me and Co- Coach Oslin watched a lot of film because it wasn't necessarily the way I wanted to win my matches. You know, I didn't want to win by one point or, you know, close margin. I mean, I wanted to go out there and score a lot of points. So we really watched that and fixed a bunch of things from that because although I took second, I don't feel like that was my best wrestling. Talk about what that looked like for you this year in terms of your process of getting better. Because I know we get hung up on results a lot, but I think you had a really important breakthrough, and I think it's important for all wrestlers. So anybody who's listening out there, you know, that still competes to understand – you know, how, what kind of changes, I guess, in your mindset and as you were watching films and how you thought of your matches, you just kind of walk through what you thought was key for you this year and how you evaluated yourself and, and kind of, you know, what wrestling became for you. That's the right way to say it. Yeah. So, um, I mean, it took me, I wish it didn't take me three years to figure it out, but, um, when you watch film, even on the matches you win, I mean, it's it's looking at small little details because even the matches you win, you're making, you know, two, three, four mistakes a match. And, you know, the general public or the general fan might not notice them, but it, it's like tactical breaks of like when I would raise my lead like hand too early and a guy would take a shot or even if a guy faked. Um, it's, it's looking for things like that to try to hold – some consistency when you move on. And I think that was big because, um, you know, the matches leading up to the finals at Vegas, some of those guys did not capitalize on those mistakes. But when I wrestled more in the finals, he started to capitalize on the mistakes I was making. So when we went back and watched the more match, it was the same things that I was doing throughout the whole tournament, but he was just capitalizing on what I was doing. So yeah. – um, I think it's big to be able to watch those matches you win and compare them to the matches you lose, especially against, you know, the t- top-ranked guys because those are typically the guys that are going to exploit what you're doing wrong. Yeah, I think it was great. It, it became more about the process, which we always talk about ad nauseum, but it's just not winning and losing, you know. I think it's always really right. to ignore – when you get the result you want, the little mistakes you made, but that, that hinders you on your way to being the best, best you can be. And certainly you want your best performance to be a national champ. So I thought that was really big and, and uh, was important for you this year. I have to imagine that process, uh, you know, came to fruition a little bit. You know, we went to Midlands about a month later and, uh, you know, you took that top spot on the podium. And, and again, you, you know, you had a few huge wins. You beat Aiello for a second time, guy who won on, went on to win the ACC. Um, you beat Pat Brucky from Princeton, who was number two in the country at the time. Um, kind of a, you know, as much as, as much success and as excited everybody was about how you did in Vegas, I think Midlands took it to a whole new level. Yeah, I mean, when you go out there, it's, it's more of like a mind, mindset, especially wrestling guys like Brucky and Aiello, you know, those guys with the, you know, single digit number next to the name, because I feel like a lot of people, 
quote tried to like hold back and are way more cautious when they wrestling them. But I mean, I knew I could beat them. So I just had to go out there and wrestle, wrestle for the full seven minutes, no matter what happened. I, both matches, I gave up the first takedown and um, I just kept on it because, you know, the takedown's over, right? They got the takedown. So I'm just looking for the next point at that point. So I think Vegas, I mean, Midlands, I, I feel like I wrestled better than Vegas and it wasn't just because I won it. It was I was a lot more aggressive and, um, you know, attacking for the full seven minutes. I wasn't just holding on to that one point win. I just wanted to follow up with you on that. Um, you know, it was pretty incredible. You know, Christian goes out and wins Midlands. And, um, you know, that led to some of our top rankings in the country this year. You know, he surged as high as number two in the country in some of the polls. Um, what was that kind of exposure like for the program and what was that like for as a motivating factor for the team? Yeah, you know, um, you know, listen, we don't put a lot of stock in rankings. Um, it's just a number. It's somebody's opinion. But what that I always say this is what it does is it just it highlights the good things in the program, as you as you kind of alluded to. So that's how you take it. Right. It's um, it's not the des destination we're after. Right. Like the destination is the national championship and seeing how far we can go in the sport. So that's more the destination. But it did highlight a lot of the, the great things in this program and, and kind of the evolution of when uh, Christian and, and Dylan and Nate Lemmings, you know, our seniors had come in and into where it was, you know, you, you listen to him, how he talks. I, I, I get more excited by that than just the number, right? The number is great. Don't get me wrong from uh, uh, promoting the, the sport to the outside public. That's very, Oh, wow. Look at Purdue. A lot of guys ranked in the top six the guy ranked number two. So they're all great things for promoting our program. But I just think if you look at you know, when he talk about his mindset uh, that to me is really uh, a huge indicator of where uh, where this program is. You know what I mean? So, yeah, no, it, it's great. And it was kind of his revenge tour, if you look too, right? I mean, started for sure. He beat Woodley, who uh, had knocked him out of the University World Team, you know, uh, trials. And then he came back and he beat you know ILO, who he had uh, lost to before, and Brucky. So it was really just kind of the start of I think where he really you can see the the mental process that he was going through was paying off and was building huge momentum, you know, and, and, and continued to pay off because, you know, I'm sure, you know, we'll, we'll probably discuss his knee injury a little bit here at some point. And, uh, and I still think though, the, the mental, the confidence and, and kind of mentally where he was really allowed him to kind of come back in a very strong way to be ready for big tens to qualify outright and to go into the national championships ready to be on the podium and, and compete for a national title yeah that's kind of where i was headed next um sorry sorry to steal your thunder man no you're okay and i i, I you know the transition's nice there christian you you uh you were really rolling you were doing well in in big tens and and then you know we we ran into that hiccup in in Rutgers, you know Piscataway was <clears throat> was not nice to you on the first trip. Uh, went <laughs> yeah. out there, you were winning. You had uh, you had Pagano. You were up one zero with the riding time point, and um, <clears throat> you know disaster struck. Um, what was your mental state there, and uh, you know how did you find the how did you find the fortitude to come back? Well, when I was laying the. Uh, I knew I knew right away what happened, and I was like, 
the thing I was thinking about the most was I'm giving up six points here by um, injury defaulting out. And I was that, that was the hardest thing. And then when they were taking me out, I was, I was looking at the scoreboard to make sure that, you know, that those points wouldn't cost us a duel um, because, you know, that's a big swing in the door, giving up six there. But, um, you know, our team, especially coming down the lineup, you know, they really held up for me and they picked up where we needed to go to, to you know, win that duel. But, um, you know, the mental state after that was just, rehab all the time you know I was always in the training room but um a lot of I mean also it my mindset was kind of the same thing like I couldn't I can win these matches even with my knee not being 100% because in the Midlands final you know I had a popped rib that happened in the semis and you know just being able to wrestle through those those things and wrestling with that I mean it's not anything that's was new to me. I mean, yeah, this might've been a little more serious, but I mean, it's wrestling, you know, things like this happen and all you can do is press forward. Urs, what is that? I mean, I, obviously we all have our own, you know, we, we all kind of re reacted the same way when Christian said it, you know, you got a young man who's a senior who's, whose season and career might be over as he, as he lays on the side of the mat. And he's sitting here and he's thinking about his team. How does yeah. that make you feel? How does that make you feel as a coach? No, it's, it's, um, you know, it gives you the warm fuzzies, right? Like it gets the hairs on the back of your neck kind of raised up. And, and, um, I don't have any hairs on the back of my neck. <laughs> you don't got any hair in your head either. <laughs> make that neck beard stand up. That's right. It makes that neck I beard stand up. It's, it's, it's but no, I think, you know, it speaks, it speaks a ton, um, to, to his character, right? And, I think, um, you know, why, why he was where he was in his career, right? I mean, um, we've said all the time, you got to have whys. You know, you got to know why you're doing something. You know, we ask a ton of these young men. You know, we push hard and we ask a lot. And, um, and uh, so to know why you're doing it, yeah, that, that has to be a strong thing. And, and he, you know, having the team be part of the why, not, not just your individual goals, but your team, man, that allows you when things get hard to push. You know, and that's, that's, you know, I think, like I said, speaks to, to Christian's character, which also is reflected in the team. You know, I, I hope that um, the leadership we have coming forward, and I feel great that we will, uh, has noticed, you know, what, what's gone on with our seniors, you know, because there was a lot of selfishness or uh, selflessness, sorry. Selfless. Uh, was, big difference that was displayed yeah big, big difference in words <laughs> big selflessness <laughs> um displayed by those guys you know in different ways you know in different ways so uh yeah no it was i think that's awesome and it's something that we we don't want to forget right like we don't want to ignore that just at the expense too of individual honors because i think they go hand in hand i, I really do i think if you look at the guys who achieve at the highest level, it's not just always about them. You know, they, they have, you know, the, the, their family or their team and, and their coaches, it's, it's all entwined and they realize that and they embrace that. And I think that's, that's great. That's awesome. Well, let me, let me jump in here too. It's it sort of, it, it works in concert with Dylan Lighty's answer a couple of weeks ago when we asked him what was the best moment of, of your senior season. And he said, when Parker won the Rutgers duel, it was the same night, uh, coincidentally. But, but again, it's that selflessness that, you know, you went out and won major championships. Those don't matter as much as what the team accomplished. And it's, it's so amazing 
how how strongly that speaks for the culture of the program. Yeah, no doubt. I think that's you have to have that to win to win uh, titles, right? I mean, I think if you look at at Iowa this year, the way they, you know, uh, the way they kind of, I don't want to say promoted, but the way they were touted, right? It was, it was everybody, right? It was the entire team excited about this. They're all doing this together. And I absolutely believe that when you're going to do rare things, you know, uh, the old quote is, if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. You know, that's, that's the old quote. You know, that's, and that's coach speak. I get that, but that's something we've talked about a lot with this team. And, and we have big goals we want to go far. That means we got to take everybody with us. We can't have one guy going at just the expense of the group. Now, I, I do want to say, hey, this is not just a hey, just group, right? Like we want individual national champions and individual Big Ten champions out of that group. I just think they go hand in hand. You know, strong team and that mentality together, pushing each other and caring about each other is what brings those things together. Christian, did you get to watch the end of the, uh, you know, I know, I know they took you to the hospital in, in Piscataway. Um, did you get to watch the end of the Rutgers duel? No, I didn't. They didn't have a TV in my room. And, uh, you know, I was in the, in the hallway at the hospital for about two hours. Oh. And, well, yeah, because they were, you know, at capacity, which, you know. Whatever that means. Whatever that means. I mean. So they kind of just put me in a hallway for, for a long time. And, uh, but, um, no, I did not get, what? Did you go back and watch it at any point? Yeah. No, I went back. Cause they're like, dude, you got to watch Parker's match and how the whole door ended. So I went back and watched that. And there was just, I mean, that, that's great to see that, that we wanted, um, especially in that fashion. I mean, it's always fun to go in someone else's gym, especially a gym like Rutgers where the fans are wild and just, you know, win, especially when it's that, that close. I mean, those, those are wins that are just, you know, get you excited. So you had to sit through the last several duels of the season. Um, you know, you, you, uh, you didn't get to, you didn't get to dress. You were, you were, you were rehabbing, you were practicing. How was it supporting your teammates when you couldn't, when you couldn't suit up with them? I mean, it's, it's great. I'm, um, we've part, you guys been talking about it a lot, but I mean, the team this year, we wrestled for each other and we were there for each other. Even the guys that weren't, you know, on the varsity lineup, like, uh, Jared, he came out big when I, um, when I hurt my leg and he really wrestled hard. And, uh, when he beat that, uh, Wisconsin guy, you know, that was the most excited I've been <laughs> in a while right there. I mean, cause it's a lot different watching the guys wrestle. And especially watching the guy wrestle at my weight class, you know, Jared, you know, I can't go out there and do anything about it or do anything about the match. So when I, you know, when he's able to pull off a win in overtime against Wisconsin, I mean, that's, that's exciting. And I knew that was a big moment for him too. So I was just, you know, excited to be, be there um, supporting him. And, you know, all those guys were supporting me through the rehab. So, I mean, it was, it was really great. Did it give you some insight into the way your coaches are on an every match basis? You know, you just said like, you can't do anything. You're just watching. Like that's how they feel all the time. Now he knows yeah. why I'm gray. Yeah. I was going to say that's yeah. Now I know why. Um, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's stressful. <laughs> 
You know, I would say this too. Um, this is just how I personally feel. I don't think I've even expressed this to Christian because, you know, we normally these guys after the national tournament will get together and, and have coffee or lunch and talk, you know, about their year and stuff. But, um, you know, I thought Christian did some of his best leading even um, when he was, uh, when he was hurt this year. Cause you know, there was a good month, five weeks uh, where, you know, I think he just felt like he could help the team was to, to speak up and lend his voice so I just remember uh, uh, him kind of lending some good advice and some comments after duels, you know what I mean, as, as we went along. And I, I thought that was great. You know, he, even though he wasn't in the lineup, he was very much a presence um, for his team. And, and that was still big for us keeping momentum at the end of the year. You know, it's easy to lose momentum, right? I mean, you know, it was, it was, this year was a little weird in that we were really going hard. Like if you look, we had got up to, I think number four in wins TPI and, you know, things were like, wow, we're, we're, we're going right now. And then all of a sudden, man, we got guys hurt, you know, um, out, sick, concussion, knee, you know, and a lot of things happen. We drop a couple dual meets in a row, uh, obviously to good teams, but there was, you know, there's just that, that up and down that, you know, happens quite often, right. In college seasons, in all sports, you have lots of challenges and adversity and sickness or whatever. And, uh, you know, to keep that momentum, I thought was big because he was, he was still a voice. Uh, with the team and that helps you stay strong where you don't waver you know you don't waver in your mentality or your thoughts because you know where you're going and I so I thought that was really important and I and I really appreciated that you know from Christian at that time and, and all of our leaders. For sure uh, great moment Christian you, you can look back and laugh at this with me uh, one of the you know Stephen uh, Christian being out and, and having to uh, sit on the sidelines during some of those last duels brought out a pretty entertaining moment. Um, you know, Christian rolls in and he's, he's got his cowboy hat on and he's got a great big belt buckle. And he, he found that amazing rustic cane that you, I, I know you only had it for the one duel, but it was pretty incredible. Oh, um, I still have it. <laughs> I'm sure you do. I, there's no way you get rid of something like that. But, um, you know, we're sitting there at the scores table uh, and, uh, Steven comes over to me and he says, Tanner, you got to go talk to Christian. And I said, oh, any there, there's panic in his face. And I'm like, okay, what's going on? He's like, you got to tell him to put the knife away. I was like, Christian's got a knife? What is going on here? Like, I mean, don't get me wrong. You look at the man and he's in this cowboy hat. And I believe that, you know, he's carrying a knife, <laughs> you know, naturally. And so uh, he's like, just, can you get him to like tuck it into his pocket? And I was like, okay. Like, I didn't see it. I wasn't paying attention, but I was like, sure, I'll go handle this. So I go over to Christian. I'll say, Christian, can you do me a favor? Can you just tuck the knife all the way into your pocket? And he looked at me like I had four heads and he, he reaches into his pocket because he's got the little metal clip sticking out. So it could have been, you know, whatever. And he pulls it out and it's a ballpoint pen. Barnes <laughs> never going to live this down. He will never, never live man. this down. I will He'll not never live this down. Christian, what was going through your head when I asked you to put a knife away? Like that is that was an incredible moment. My 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 first thought was I don't I don't think I put a knife. I, I'm carrying a knife today, but I wasn't like that's the craziest thing, you know. And then yeah, and then he's I got, was like, he's oh. got deer antlers behind him for goodness' sake. Yeah. So that yeah, thing with like, a knife. I mean, it, it's possible, but um, then I remembered I put a pen in my pocket because I was doing homework before the. For the match and I was like 
Sure you oh, were. That's what that's what he's talking about. Well, it, it's funny because you might need that knife for some of your homework. You've taken quite a few classes that, that have to do yeah. with uh, processing meat and, you know, things of that nature. Yeah, I think I might have been the only class here that, um, you know, the required material was to get a butching knife. <laughs> so <laughs> I, it was an amazing moment. I can't let Karen live it down. Uh, you know, Bailey uh, really enjoyed that with me as well. She was um, she was thoroughly entertained. And so I, uh, you know, when you look back and you think about the things that would have never happened if you hadn't hurt your knee, that is definitely that would have been one of them. Yep. So, um, on a, on a, know, a, a more serious note, let me jump in here before we, before we move on from that. Uh, you talk about coach, coach, you talked about how, you know, maybe he led better, you know, those, la those five weeks he was out or as good as you've ever seen. Uh, it's kind of life's cruel joke that you learn the most of this, you learn the most useful stuff right at the end of your career, right? Like you've got this accumulation of knowledge and then it's, over and there's nothing you can do with it you kind of had a window to take all the stuff that you learned that you were talking about earlier and and be able to pass that on while still a part of that team that's that's kind of an amazing opportunity yeah <clears throat> i think a lot of it too is you don't um when you're not wrestling in the door you're able to almost look back and see it as a whole picture rather than you're just focusing on your one match you know, what, what you're going to do in your match. But um, so I think that was kind of an interesting perspective. I found that, you know, I was able to see and really pay attention to everyone's match at that point and worry about, you know, the actual duel and the actual matchups, who, who everyone has. And, you know, that's something that I haven't really ever been able to do, mm -hmm. especially when you're competing. Because when you're, when you're competing, you're, you're focused about your match, what you're going to do. You know, um, I heard this. This was way back in high school, but it was about, you know, when you uh, wrestler in college, wrestling for a door team, um, if you're selfish about your match and how you're going to win your match and everyone on the team is that way and you win all your matches, you're going to win the door. So when you're, when you're wrestling in it, it's, I, I feel it's a different mindset of, you know, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to score points. I'm going to try to get the pin for the team, the tack, or the major. And, um, you know, I didn't have to worry about that because obviously I was, I was out. So I was able to kind of look at it and see, see kind of, you know, the consistent trends in the team as a whole rather than, you know, my individual performance or the matches like after I would wrestle. Christian, I think all in all you have – so much to be proud of, you know, 98 career wins over four years, a four-year starter at 197 pounds, like you said, without taking a red shirt, came in as a, you know, an 18-year-old and uh, went right to work. Um, I don't know how much of this you know, uh, finished ninth in program history and back points. Um, one of 12 four-time NCAA qualifiers all time. And uh, after a number six seed, that you earned at the, uh, the NCAA championships this year, highest seeded 197 pounder all time at Purdue. So um, I think that I speak for, for everybody and I'd love to hear, you know, coach follow up on some of that, but you know, congratulations on, on a lot of amazing things that you accomplished. Thank you. Coach, anything? 
Nah, you know, we, we've said a lot of good things, you know, um, I just, you know, obviously really proud of Christian and everything he's done. He's helped this, this program come a long ways, uh, in terms of mentality and work ethic and some of the special things they've done. He's, he's been a part of that. So, uh, no, it's, it's been great. And, uh, we are going to have Christian around, uh, for anybody who's kind of wanting to know Christian wants to be a large animal vet, uh, DVM. So, we are, uh, you know, he's going to finish school here next year and then look for, uh, you know, vet school. So he's got uh, bigger, bigger goals ahead. I also think he, I don't, I guess I don't want to speak for him completely, but I, he has expressed an interest in freestyling as well. So that might be something where, you know, Christian, once we get his knee kind of healed up and everything, he'd be back, uh, you know, training and, and uh, helping this next group of guys as he gets himself ready to compete as well. So um, no, we're, we're not saying goodbye to him. We certainly no. everything he's done, but, uh, but we're not saying goodbye. Uh, we're going to keep this guy around a little longer and, and excited to have that happen. Outstanding. Awesome. Christian coach alluded to school a little bit. Tell us a little bit about your, your major and, and, uh, your, your career goals that way. Yeah. So when they announced everything's going online, I remember going into, uh, my sheet management class and my professors, like, you know, I don't have a blackboard set up for this class. I don't know what I'm doing for this class. I don't know how we're going to do labs because, you know, no one, no one has a big flock of sheep where I can teach you guys this. <laughs> so he's like, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. And he, There's so he, many jokes um, that could go with that flock of sheep. <laughs> yeah. I just don't want to go there, though. White flag. I'm waving it. Waving the white flag. <laughs> keep going Christian <laughs> he's like I like to keep things old school and I might have to you know have you guys mail me your homeworks and I'll mail them back to you and eventually eventually they got them on blackboard but it, it took him a little while to figure it out but so um, you said you're taking sheep management yeah that's a who knew Corey yep. Corey what'd you get in sheep management Did you uh, take I, I took it as a pass fail I failed <laughs> I'm lousy at managing sheep. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, I tell you what, um, that does bring into something. I mean, I, you know, um, it's been a quick switch for these teachers, right? Like that's, that's amazing to me. You think about his major and how much hands on stuff that he's oh, yeah. supposed to be doing, especially at the latter stages of, of his career. Right. I mean, so much of it is in the field, so to speak. And so that's, that's been kind of crazy. I mean, have you found that very manageable now? Have you made that switch over where you're comfortable with it? Or, you know, how do you feel about it overall? Um, you know, personally, I would rather be in class. But um, with every, everything given, I think the transition was, you know, pretty smooth. And I think it helps a lot, you know, being a senior um, and, and taking, you know, some online classes here and there. But yeah. um, I'm just shocked on how quick these professors were able to switch everything to, you know, virtual learning. And um, I don't think they get enough credit right now for, you know, they, they had a week and I had, I had one um, professor that actually taught not online class. And he said it took him four to seven months to set it up, wow. you know, with all, all the material and lectures and stuff. And these, wow. these guys had to do it in like a week, you know, they, they had spring break. Because they learned about, you know, everything at the same time as us. So yep. they had, you know, a week to, to figure out what they're going to do, how they're going to do it. You know, and mo most classes, uh, 
that I'm in, they rearrange the points just because of online. Um, it's not the same exam, you know. I had one class that took away exams and they just did weekly quizzes. And so um, it's, it's different. And I, I feel it's, you know, a lot of people are still learning from it, but um, you know, it's starting to smooth out, smooth out now that we're in, I think week two, week three of the quarantine virtual learning. That's crazy stuff. That's uh, you know, you definitely have one of the more interesting and unique majors on the team. And so it's definitely, it's definitely cool to hear your perspective on, on how this has affected you and, and some of your classmates. Uh, Coach, you said uh, you had a big day yesterday, huh? Yeah, we, uh, we had a, a, a long phone call yesterday. We had a seven and a half hour phone call um, for our, our business meeting for the Big Ten coaches uh, in wrestling. And uh, I, there were some nice stats that I wanted to bring out for all of our uh, you know, alums, fans, you know, guys to understand kind of what's going on because there was some exciting stuff there. You know, this, the uh, BTN had uh, made a bigger commitment to covering more duels. And so uh, last year, I think they said they covered 25 duels in total, which is up 47%. So just the commitment there and them covering more duels, you know, a 47% increase was big. But numbers, these numbers were kind of staggering to me. I guess I would, you know, not being a, a TV person, I, I don't know exactly what they mean, but there's some big numbers there where they said over the, the course of the season, there was 373 million minutes of viewership. So uh, the BTN said 373 million minutes of viewership in total. Um, I think the average audience was around 121,000. Um, and that, that was average. Okay. And then um, I think they said that um, wrestling was the third highest rated sport on BTN. So, you know, those were some numbers where, you know, when we talk about wrestling, um, clearly in the Big Ten, it's, it's very strong and probably, you know, can assume it's going to get stronger. Um, they did express a commitment to continuing to really grow and develop the sport on BTN. You know, I think they're already doing a good job, but they, you know, they're excited by those numbers and certainly want to continue to grow and develop it, you know, on multiple platforms. You know, it wasn't just you know, um, just on BTN or BTN Plus. I think if you look at their YouTube channel, uh, wrestling performs very well uh, on, the, on YouTube as well, the numbers that are, they're hitting there. So uh, I thought that, you know, they, you know, were sounded very excited about that and, and wanted to continue to grow it. So I think, you know, we're going to continue to do things that will hopefully increase viewership and uh, exposure for wrestling. That's exciting stuff. That's awesome. Corey, I know you do. Corey, you do a lot with the TV end of that. Can you can you speak to some of the, the numbers that, that Coach threw out and, yeah, and give we, us any, any more insight there? For sure. Uh, the 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 minutes of viewership is is interesting to me because what that for that to be almost four hundred million. What that says is not only are are people tuning in, they're sticking around, and you know that's the that's the biggest sort of bugaboo right now with with TV views or or you know, when you're tracking digital views is, okay, somebody might, might turn it on for a couple minutes and then move on to the next thing. None of us have attention spans anymore, right? Um, the fact that people are, are putting it on and not touching the, the, you know, not scrolling past it for an hour or 90 minutes or whatever, however long the duel goes, that's huge. Um, when you said it was the number three sport overall, I know how much of a commitment 
you know, the BTN puts to, to volleyball, to baseball, uh, to some of these other sports, and, and those are very successful sports, um, for wrestling to have overtaken them is, is a really big deal. Uh, not, you know, kind of surprising to me, just because I know the commitment's been a little more long-term with some of that other stuff. And um, so that's, that's fascinating to hear. And I'm, I'm curious, Christian, from the student-athlete perspective, what, what does it mean to you guys to have so much more exposure now than even, you know, when you began your career five, four or five years ago? I mean, I think it's, it's good. You know, all exposure is good exposure. But, you know, this, this type of exposure is um, a lot better because we're able to get this sport that, uh, you know, for a while it was almost, you know, they almost took it out of the Olympics. And, you know, this sport was kind of on, on the back burner and it still is kind of to a lot of smaller schools, you know, on this, you know, back burner, which, you know, to show that it's it's becoming and building and, you know, that that's that's great to hear and um you know you want to continue to see these trends go up which i think i think they will because um you know the ncaa tournament as a whole i mean we're one of what three ncaa tournaments that actually makes money i think it's like us baseball and basketball so like you know the fans of wrestling are loyal and they will always be loyal but I think we're starting to reach more people than we did before, you know, more, more, you know, the common viewer Mm -hmm. rather than just, you know, the wrestling community. Yeah. I think um, that speaks to, um, you know, you're saying people are, are, obviously we have a loyal fan base, right? We do. We got some people because they will show up at big tens and nationals as Christian just alluded to, and they'll pack the stands and they'll be there all day, you know, for three days in a row watching wrestling. That takes a heck of a commitment. Mm-hmm. When you see stuff like this, you know, we're talking about dual meets. And to me, I get excited because you're, you're pulling more casual fans in probably, right? And, and that's how I do feel like you can, you can grow the sport. People who you know, aren't the, the hardcore people will tune in for an hour and a half, two hours to watch an event, to watch two teams clash. And we're going to have a winner and a loser. You know what I mean? They can identify with that and you can pull people in. So that's where you know, I'm kind of excited um, that we're, we're, looks like we're growing it as well, which is always a big thing for me. And we've talked, you know, earlier in the year about, you know, the dual meet and maybe getting to a dual meet championship because that's how we can promote the sport. So, uh, you know, I'm excited just to see that, hey, you know, it's, it's alive and well and really uh, building um, to be where you want, you want ADs to see like, hey, this can be, you know, something that really pulls a lot of people in and, and can be a, a strong part of our athletic or represent, you know, the entire athletic department well. The other thing, uh, TV networks love to follow the leader. If, if the ACC network or the Pac-12 network sees the model that the BTN is pulling off, and sees that they're getting, you know, averaging 120, 130,000 viewers every single time across the board, maybe they'll start showcasing more matches on, on linear networks as well. Maybe they'll start, you know, expanding their coverage as well, and it can only help the sport. Absolutely. Coach, anything else from the meetings that, was, that you felt like was, was important? You know, there, listen, there's a lot of stuff. Um, I can't, there's some things I can't talk about because, right, there's, there's ongoing votes and things, legislation and things that are still to be decided. But I think, 
you know, overall, you know, there's, you know, um, people are pretty excited about, about where we're going, you know, what we're doing. You know, I just, the overall growth of the Big Ten, we continue to get better and, and grow in important ways. And I think that was a, a big part of our discussion yesterday was, you know, uh, from scheduling, you know, um, you know, future opponents and different things like that. What can we do to help grow and build? So uh, we'll, we'll wait and see what comes. Because like I said, we voted on a lot of things yesterday and things have to be decided yet. And obviously with, uh, you know, coronavirus right now, everything kind of delayed. Um, you know, we'll just, we'll have to wait and see. The, the other thing I would say, though, I guess that just popped into my head is uh, Kevin Warren, the new commissioner uh, for the Big Ten, did pop on our conference call um, for a little bit. I really appreciated that. He's a very busy man, as you can imagine. And, you know, I was really excited to hear him express support for all Olympic sports, wrestling included. Uh, I believe he said on the call he had a brother who had wrestled. So we have a commissioner who has had wrestling in his family, you know, and, and he's had kids in athletics. And so he has a real appreciation, obviously, for athletics. But even to hear him express his support for uh, the Olympic sports, of obviously, which wrestling is one of them, and to want to help, you know, grow them and support them was really encouraging to me. And, and so I'm excited for his leadership. That's fantastic. That's great to hear from uh you know, from a, not only, a, you know, somebody who works in wrestling, but a fan of wrestling to, to hear that we're getting that, that sort of commitment. Um, don't want to close the show on too much of a downer, but um, definitely want to uh, give importance to, um, you know, Old Dominion announced that they were dropping their wrestling program. You know, it was, it was a sad note after we'd seen, you know, a few different schools adding programs in the past few years. Yeah. You know, Little Rock went onto the scene, Presbyterian um, coming up you know, shortly they're going to be, they're going to be Cal Baptist yep. adding their program, getting up to NCAA status, um, you know, to lose a, to lose a school, especially one that has had as much success as old dominion has had um, was, was a shock. And, uh, and I think, I think it hurt the wrestling world. For sure. You know, uh, a lot of disappointment uh, there. Uh, obviously coach Martin had been there for a long time and had, had done some great things. As you mentioned, I think if you look at, you know, all Americans and qualifiers and stuff, they, they had done some good things nationally. And, um, you know, they had a, a good recruiting class coming in. So you, you certainly feel because there's uh, some young men that had opportunities that are not for opportunities, right? And so, and, and guys that were already in the program that are going to be looking for opportunities. So it affects pe people on a real level. And so uh, certainly, you know, um, you know, disappointing. I think, you know, we have to, try to make sure that, um, you know, we're promoting wrestling on all levels, you know, with our administrators, with our alumni, just to make sure they understand, you know, how they can help support the program, the things that, that are going to be important to administrators as we move forward. You know what I mean? I think those are all things that as coaches, we should be sensitive to. And, and maybe in this time of reflection, right, with, with COVID-19, we're at our homes. That's one thing that we can do is kind of, sit back and re really reflect what can we do to make our program stronger, whether it's connections with our administration, um, you know what I mean? Or, um, you know, what you're doing within your communities or academically, just, you know, all kinds of different things, you know, just sitting and reflecting. And, and certainly that's not to say that those guys did anything wrong out at Old Dominion. You know what I mean? That's not pointing a finger at all. I just think it's, it's probably, you know, smart right now to really think about how we can strengthen our, our programs and work hard to communicate that message to everyone. So um, disappointing, but something that we should probably learn lessons from in future and, and, and fight like heck to, to keep every program we have. 
100%. Corey, uh, did we miss anything today? It's been a great show. Christian, we really appreciated having you on. Thank you. It's been, it's been a pleasure watching you work uh, for the last four years and, and really, really want to thank you for that. Um, and like Tanya said, thanks for joining us today. The stories, the stories are great. I know you've got better ones that you can share off camera. And uh, I'm glad you're going to be around for a little bit so we can keep hearing those. Um, yeah, I think that'll do it for this week. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Thanks to Coach Erson. Thanks to Christian Bruner, Tanner. Um, good to see you as well. Uh, clean shaven and, you know, trimmed up down low. So that's good. Um, we will. Uh, I, try, I try to show up for you guys. That's good. Yeah, I had a, I had a little uh, six-day growth, and I was, I was embarrassed by it. There's no way I was going to bring it to this show. So uh, I had had a trouble last night, too. We will leave it there. Uh, Catch you next week on the Always Aggressive Podcast. Boiler up.